0: Ready? Hey there, welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune, joining me for Confessions, which I'll tell you what that is here in a second, dear listener. Augie Smith, first time on the program. Augie, how are you?
1: I I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I noticed before this, the last time we had a text conversation, did you scroll up?
0: Yeah, it was about the, something about the Big Sky Comedy Competition, wasn't that it? It was
1: not, sir. No? It was not? It was 2016 okay. and you were picking me up at an airport at midnight.
0: Did did that actually happen? I don't remember if that happened. Did I pick you up?
1: Somebody did. According okay. to the text, according <laughs> to the text, you were there and you picked me up.
0: Okay. And, I and I want must... I want
1: to let you know that I appreciate that.
0: Hey, you're welcome, man. You know, I'll take a thank you uh I what however many years it is after this. I'm sure you yeah. thank me day of, but uh
1: I'm, I'm guessing I was a jerk that night. I'm guessing I was loaded, and and not ready for human contact. But I uh, hope I'm better now.
0: Well, I, if I'm loaded or not loaded, I'm probably not ready for human contact either. So, it's all good. <laughs> but it's uh, good
1: to see you again. Congratulations I, on the enormity of your success. You're doing very well. Thank you. I'm very you, man. happy to see it. I'm sitting just, here on the. I love watching your videos, man. It's, oh. it's so good it's just so spot on and what has really drawn me in lately is the perfection of your beard oh it's, it's perfect it's is it fake it's fake right
0: it's a fake beard yeah i can, yeah. if we could pull the curtain back <laughs> no it's uh i i go to a, a guy and i have it all shaped up and i go to a real barber and he takes care of me because i do get people periodically they say hey what do you do for your beard I say beard oil, and then go to a guy who knows what he's doing, because I try to trim it up, but you're only getting your perspective. So I go to a guy, and he takes care Rat. of me.
1: Yeah, because I, I did the pandemic thing, and uh, I'm just, you know, I'm using clippers, trying mm-hmm. to keep up. I, it's, it, it, I'd like, I'd like to have have what you have. I, I just yeah. really would enjoy having what you have. I feel like I'll never have it though.
0: Well, then you're gonna be, you know, you don't wanna look like you're on the cover of Storm the Capitol magazine though. That's the thing. So you, you got to Is that a weekly? Is that a
1: weekly publication?
0: Now it's a it's a, uh quarterly. It's very much like Oprah magazine. I'm on the cover every every quarter. The damn
1: kid cannot hit my porch. It's in my damn lawn every morning. <laughs> Covered
0: you. in rain. No, no, sir. Uh but Augie, I uh, you just had a brand new comedy album out here. Within the past couple months, it's called "Taste the Lightning." I listened to it last night, and uh I very much enjoyed your album. And uh, that's no bullshit. It's because I know you. You've been doing comedy for thirty plus years, right? Yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, a long time. And I grew up listening to you on the Bob and Tom Show. For you know, you the listener—that's a nationally syndicated radio show. And if you know, sometimes we have a f- occasional international listeners. It's just a radio show that for a long time has been able to air quotes make comedians like that yep. people have turned careers uh into being uh, on that show so i listened to you as a kid and then to work with you later and even it was an honor to pick you up from the airport <laughs> but <laughs> but you've been you're you've been doing comedy for so long and that album yep. is so good man
1: oh thanks bhai yeah you know it was uh, it was so long trying to make it Mm-hmm. I, it was literally like uh like a five-year process of, of one thing or another going going wrong to the point of where i thought it was cursed and then i mm-hmm. didn't want to try to tape it because that would just ruin whatever set of comedy that i was going to be doing uh, yeah. and then finally so i did it and i did it easter weekend in omaha mm-hmm. which i had forgotten what a big deal easter was there so the regular whatever five shows were cut down to two shows
0: oh yeah
1: so i had one show friday and one show saturday uh to get it right and uh the second show saturday i think we got it right finally yeah. i would say you got
0: it right because dude i i i put in my notes uh you had some punchlines. you had a uh half egg on his mother's side that's a punchline yeah. i'm giving away and edward james almost. Uh made me laugh. So those are the punchlines that you could go listen to, dear listener. And you have three albums, at least on Apple Music, where I listened.
1: Yeah, I got uh, a uh, signed with this uh with record guy in Minneapolis and he redid my old ones and we got new cover art on my oldest one, mm-hmm. and it looked really, really cool. Yeah, I'm happy. And then I so I got a dry bar out, and then as of this week, I have something called an open bar out.
0: Yeah. You're the uh, dry bars clean. I have one as yeah. well. So when you check out Augie's, you go check out mine. You can show your grandma an open bar is, it's not necessarily clean, uh, but it's not dirty either. Right. That's my understanding.
1: Well, it's just a guy doing a set. It's just okay. like a regular without any sort of restrictions. Uh, yeah. but the funny thing about it is so that you shoot it in uh, Florida mm-hmm. and your crowd, I'm not kidding you, Brent, uh, average age by 60. Yeah, but but they're the cool old people, because that's the thing I used to used to think about doing these old crowds and like those people like five years older than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, most of them were my age. And like if 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 there's a crowd full of me, that would be an old crowd. And I'm a tremendous comedy crowd. So I would like to have me in the crowd.
0: I'm a bad audience member because I I do. And I enjoy most things, but I don't show it on my face. So yeah. it's like, if there was ever a taping, don't put me up front because I'm just going to look like oh, I'm pissed at whatever's going on. This guy's on a trapeze and I'm not impressed. Yeah. You know, uh, did, did you ever do a club and it's it was in Erie, Pennsylvania? I won't, it's not even open anymore as the club anymore, but their show started at 630 in the evening because huh? they did Who's dinner. That J-R's? Yeah. Yeah. And they was like that was the oldest audience i had just old every single show man
1: yeah that was uh i remember i i they told me not to do my closer and uh, that was that was a weird place where i i thought i had a great set is one of those things where you get off set stage and like the whoever it was the woman that ran it around it yeah. was mad at me and waiting for me like mm-hmm. w- just waiting to and, and yeah had to t- so had to cut out my last bit <laughs> Yeah, the, the,
0: the crescendo, the <laughs> and
1: then then here's what really messed up the week. I go out uh, drinking at the bar. The guy that was opening for me was an amateur professional wrestler. Okay. Uh, like he did like small wrestling shows, right? And his wrestling buddies came, and so I went out drinking with wrestlers. How awesome is that? That is well. Uh, I, I expected like more hijinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was it was way too tame. Uh, so I thought, that well, how are you going to tell me not to do my closer when I'm working for professional wrestlers here that, yeah. that have come to the show and get you're still clamping down on me? What I can't can't say. I think not. Lady. Well, and, it, that and that it's was down, not even a club anymore.
0: Uh, it, there it's a name change it's now something else and the those owners don't own it anymore but uh that I worked there a couple times and it was I think the deal was the lady's dad would come to a show and he liked clean comedy so he was guaranteed to be at one of the shows <laughs> so across the board she was like it's got to be clean
1: right and it's like
0: right. there's a market for that I'm no I'm no prude I like clean comedy I like d- dirt funny is funny but it's also like that's a big ask for just tell me when your dad's going to be there and I'll be clean. That's, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the other thing about uh, doing some of these dry bars is that if you get a really popular dry bar, uh, everybody thinks that when they come out and see you that you're going to be that clean. Mm-hmm. When I first agreed to do the dry bar, I like went through my act and I'm like, Oh, I have about seven minutes. I can do <laughs> seven yeah. minutes. And then I guess I'm just going to do crowd work. <laughs>
0: And then hopefully you don't say something dirty off the top of your head. Yeah.
1: Hopefully nobody has a dirty job. Like if if you try to do a clean show and everybody's job is like head nurse. Proctologist. "Ah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, dear listener, this is a confessions episode. And if you're new to this format uh, on Twitter at Fesshole is the Twitter account where people will tweet in their anonymous confessions. And a lot of these are from the UK. So Uh, As I've said before, we might hear people say uh, the tube or the loo, and we'll just translate. And some of these, I've not pre-screened them, Augie. Some of these Mm -hmm. will be good for conversation. Others will be duds, and we will move on accordingly.
1: Uh, Just so you know, uh, the tube is a cigarette, and (laughs) the loo is an elevator.
0: That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump to our first uh, fesshole confession. Uh, this one says, Augie, once a month, I move my pillows to the foot of the bed and sleep that way uh, around. It feels like a whole new bed and and room, and I imagine I'm having a, a city break, so I assume uh, vacation. But this guy, or this person, moves their bed around.
1: So he will not have any pillows behind his head, and the pillows would be under his feet? <laughs> no,
0: I, I think he... Uh, rather he'll sleep with his head at the foot of the bed right but not like, bring
1: his pillows with him the pillows say, that's what I got from it
0: he's I saying think, he brings the pillows I think he does I think he overall just does a 180 on his bed he just moves to to make it feel like a new bed
1: uh, I like but here's here's what we gotta dig deeper into here mm-hmm. is that he never mentions anybody else this doesn't affect anybody else's it's life. It's just him.
0: Yeah. His sleeping
1: arrangement. And I think, isn't that the core issue? Isn't that what he really wants us to talk about is what's going on there? He's. I yeah. mean, what what I'm saying, brother, is that you're okay with moving around in your bed, but are you okay with moving around in your heart?
0: <laughs> are you willing to, to stick to one, find a person that's also right. willing to move around with you, maybe?
1: exactly yeah but you need to find the person that wants to put their head at the foot of the bed also Mm -hmm. i think that's what he's asking us i don't think this is a sleeping question at all i think this (laughs) is a life question that's what i think it
0: is now do you uh you're in hotels by because you have you have family but then you're on a road alone do you do you welcome the the bed to yourself every once in a while oh god it's absolute
1: bliss Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is that you have your family and you love your family and you want to spend time with your family. Uh, but at this point, it's three kids. And and I know that like if if anybody's watching, like I got a gray beard. I'm mm-hmm. an old man. I look like I would have adult children. And <laughs> if they lived in the house, that would be a problem. It would be because something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. OK, they're on probation. They're on house arrest and they need a place with a landline. That's what you need to <laughs> of why they would be living at home. No, they're living at home because they're children. They're mm-hmm. little children and I love them very much. But those weekends when I have like a Saturday morning to sleep in with like no other sound or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I did a gig uh, earlier this year and my wife and I we live in California and we don't have any family. Like these people that have kids and they have family and they just call somebody up and go to the movies and Oh yeah. here Want to go to a movie it costs four hundred dollars mm-hmm. because uh, babysitters are 28 dollars an hour so you go out to eat you go to a movie whatever it is it's four hundred dollars mm-hmm. and there's just not a movie that matters that much to us anyway my point is my point is earlier this year my wife's parents flew from Michigan so that Julie my wife could come with me to a gig on the oregon coast Mm -hmm. and it had a room that overlooked the ocean and we had all these free meals in the little restaurant right next to us Uh, we were able to come in a night early and they put us up and it was bliss Mm -hmm. for three days just being away from our children was absolute and total bliss which doesn't mean that you don't love your children it just means you don't love them that weekend (laughs) yeah
0: kid-free weekend for both parents
1: yeah Yeah, no. And uh, man, uh, yeah, just having that room alone every once in a while. I don't know how guys that don't travel do it, to be quite honest with you.
0: Mm -hmm. Always around. And I I have a theory, too. And this is not like sleeping arrangements or or rooms or anything. But like, are you a fan of eating in your car? Like if you had a job and you you go to the drive through because I used to work the drive through at Arby's. And I would see people, they would get their food, and then they would go park at the parking spot right over there rather than eat inside. And I used to think that guy was sad. But as an adult, I wel- I want to sit in the car because that's my little moment right. to have me. It, nobody yeah. else is around. Do you feel the no. same
1: way? Oh, yeah. It, oh, no, it's fantastic. And it's built for eating in there. You know, you got the seat next to you, and you got cup mm-hmm. holders, and you got a sound system in front of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you control the environment. You go and sit in those places, and it's nothing but screaming and noise. And now there's every time I turn on Twitter, there's a fist fight at a McDonald's. Ah, God damn! Yeah, I don't want to be part of that. No. So yeah, yeah, put me alone in my car, away from the rest of the world. Absolutely. Uh, But once again, isn't that that's digging into the deeper issues of why do we need that alone time? What What's going on there with us?
0: I just, I know I would classify myself somewhat of an, an introvert. I, my job is extroverted, but also I, that not, not the time on stage, but when I meet people after shows, I'm happy to meet people. That's what I like to do, but I need that recharge time afterwards.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, isn't that funny about our profession? Uh, What people think comedians are, are Mm -hmm. like Herb Tarlick salespeople that are just Happy there's constantly glad handed and saying hello. And that is three percent of us. Mm-hmm. The rest of us sit in the corner at a party and hope that nobody makes eye contact. Yeah. And, and just can't wait to get out of there to When's go be it, yeah.
0: When's because a good time so, for me to leave?
1: Yeah, so incredibly socially awkward.
0: Yeah. I don't um, I,
1: I don't and I guess that's the point is that so we get on stage so we can be somebody different. Than ourselves uh we can be the person that we'd like to be in the rest of our lives but but we we just can't allow ourselves to be that person
0: yeah well and then there's it's again it's uh if people went out with us they would expect pro wrestlers it's like when you went out with pro (laughs) wrestlers. But i went
1: out drinking with pro wrestlers yeah Mm -hmm. i expected them to make like pyramids and jump off it and hit each other and stuff yeah but they were just hanging out they were just doing stuff I, I was doing this gig. I did a country club in uh, uh, Great Falls, Montana. So I don't know where it was. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, a couple of years ago, and the woman calls me. She says, "You know, we haven't really sold that many tickets. So what we thought we'd do is we just have a dinner, and you could just be like the featured guest at a dinner, and like just say funny stuff." <laughs> and I told her, "It's like that is that would be the most awkward." horrible thing i could possibly imagine i would rather have literally no one in the crowd and deliver an hour <laughs> to chairs i was like how many tickets have you sold oh it's like 30 30 30 yeah i can do plenty with that i will be the worst dinner guest you've ever had in your life but i'll be a much better comedian to 30 people
0: i love the thought of you starting your set by taking the fork and clinging it on your glass <laughs> ladies and gentlemen can i have a your attention, please. <laughs> like wait, Yeah, well, they want
1: to get, go around the room and roast people. And I'm like, I don't do I don't I hate that. If yeah. you go to my show, you will not be asked one question. Sit <laughs> wherever you want, sit in the front, <laughs> sit on the stage, man. I'm not gonna talk to you. I don't care about you. <laughs> you can quiet for a little while, and I will take you to a different place. I will not involve you at all in my shenanigans.
0: <laughs> Uh, And you're a guy. uh, When I've I know I saw you, you know, first time maybe more than a decade ago, and listening to your album and watching your videos and stuff like that that I've seen online. It's you. You're a. Would you call yourself a rant comic? You, you, you don't. You have pieces. You don't have bits. Does that make sense? Like you've you've prepared some statements, but some of your bits on your album are like nine minutes.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is that uh, when I was I was cutting it up. And I realized that I have two bits that <laughs> last uh twenty-eight minutes. Like between just two bits or, or half of the album. And so you have to find different dividing lines
0: because Sirius won't play that. <laughs> yeah, well that you know, for for the uninitiated, you put out an album as a comedian in hopes that Sirius XM plays it and then you can yeah. get paid. Right. That's like that's get, mailbox money. It just shows it
1: into, up. You gotta chop it into at least 10 tracks. And those tracks hopefully are between a minute and a half and about four minutes, because that's the ideal for them to play it. And you'd like it. it, They'd rather it be clean because Mm -hmm. they have a couple of, yeah. And so you're trying to write specifically for that. And it sort of changes. I don't know if this has been for you. I found that social media has changed the way that I write jokes because I'm trying to fit a joke into a sentence or two. When I used to take, like you say, you know, twelve, thirteen minutes to complete a thought,
0: well, and there you have several thoughts in thirteen minutes. It's it's yeah, but brevity never hurts. I've never, I don't think I've ever been somebody that's like, I wish there was more of that, unless it's really good. <laughs> that that's I'm complimenting you is like I love right. bits. George Carlin had pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. so that's what I love about that, but also the internet man you gotta we're in a you're you're one scroll and on to the next thing so it's like you gotta get somebody in 10 seconds or less yeah
1: yeah and that's not the way it is on stage is it on stage it's you and me for an hour man Mm -hmm. and and when i say you and me i mean me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not gonna just i'm not gonna be able to hit it as fast as you want me to so yeah it's gonna take a second yeah and that's oh, for- also
0: I I want I want I want somebody to to let it breathe. I want the experience. <laughs> I want you to you know though jokes uh, every 10 seconds are fine with the video, but I, if I'm there at a show, I want the full experience. Let it breathe yeah. and let me take in the show. That's my opinion.
1: Right? And 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 be courageous enough to go 90 seconds without a punchline sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, I mean, don't do that a lot, yeah. But
0: I've but been case- not good enough comedy wise to go 90 seconds, <laughs> but that's never been courageous on my behalf. It's always I'm looking for the laugh.
1: Um, did, were you familiar at all, uh, with Daryl Lennox?
0: Yeah, yeah, Daryl yeah. Lennox, uh, re-
1: recently, uh, passed RIP Daryl Lennox, but um, he was uh, kind of starting in Seattle when I was starting and. One thing he would tell me is like, go up there and don't say anything for a minute. Like, say not one thing for one minute and just see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Just see if you can be comfortable in the silence for a minute. And to this day, 30 years later, I don't think I've ever made it a minute. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, 20 seconds, just 20 seconds of just being in silence and feeling the audience and feeling their energy. And feeling your space around you. Man, I'll tell you, once you conquer that, you can conquer anything.
0: And it's also either sometimes like if I did a minute, I would feel uncomfortable, but I'm okay with being uncomfortable. I just don't know that some audience members can handle being uncomfortable. <laughs> they gotta say something because it's so tense, you know?
1: That's the thing, the other thing about what we do, man. Uh when it's good, it's the best thing in the world. And when it's bad, it is the worst thing in the world. It is the worst thing to be to be experiencing. Cause you're in the same room with the guy. You know, mm-hmm. like you're watching a shitty movie, you're watching a shitty movie, whatever. But when you're looking in the guy's eye and you mm-hmm. can he can see that you're not responding <laughs> to mm-hmm. what he did. <laughs> what, the
0: what's worst. the worst show you've done?
1: Oh my god, there's there's been been so very many of them. Uh, years and years ago, I was on the road uh, doing a one-nighter run, and uh, for people can figure it out. Every night you're in a different town, you're doing a different bar. Okay. okay. So the booker said, "I got a nooner for you. I got a nooner." I'm like okay, yeah, let's do it. And I remember it was seventy-five dollars. He's going to pay me seventy-five dollars to do a luncheon to do a luncheon for a a skeet shooting convention, right? So it was outside (sighs) during the day at a little courtyard at a Holiday Inn. And the sun was like directly in the people's eyes. Mm -hmm. So they were sitting at these tables that had these big umbrellas and they had them all tilted down. So I could see the front table. And then I just saw this wall of umbrellas uh, <laughs> behind and the other thing about skeet shooters uh is that uh they're old it's not a young man's game it's mm-hmm. not a young man's game at all and i would say that right now speaking to you none of the people that i did that show for are currently alive there's <laughs> no way that any of those people are still alive uh but yeah that was 30 minutes of just Uh, looking at a couple of angry, befuddled faces that just wanted to have their lunch. I'm not mad at them. They wanted to talk to their skeet-shooting friends about the exploding plates, mm -hmm. about them plates that they exploded. That's all they wanted to talk about. And then some bowling-shirted asshole kid is screaming at them about drinking loss. Come on.
0: It's, yeah, it's one of those where whoever put the event together, that they said, wouldn't it be fun right. to have a comedian? Yeah. And uh, in theory, it's a good idea. But also, they're not there for, they wanted to see their friends that they probably don't get off there. They're not there to see very often. And all they wanted to do was talk. And it's like, you couldn't even see faces. So you didn't even have anything to, like, judge right, anything on. <laughs> You're just
1: man I I once did a uh, a high school reunion that wasn't my high school reunion wasn't even my high school I didn't know any of them mm-hmm. what a stupid idea for a show to bring in a stand-up comedian when all people want to do is socialize that's yeah. all they want I I knew a guy that got hired there was like a, a a sales convention of you know whatever suited haircuts they all had to get in a bus and go to the Oregon coast and the guy said, okay, here's what we want to do. You're going to be a hitchhiker and the bus is going to pick you up and you're Ugh. going to get on and then you're just going to start doing your act on the bus. Like, we're not going to introduce you as a comedian at all.
0: That guerrilla comedy is never... I've done a few of those where it's like, you're so-and-so's college friend. right? And and then, so I'm trying to... I didn't think of a lie. I'm just, I just want to do the show. And they're like, so where did you go to school? And I was like, I, where did he go to school? <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't think of the lie quick enough, but how did the bus thing go? Cause you oh, look like a crazy person. Oh,
1: not good. Yeah. Not good. Uh, it's mostly just people being angry. I did a, uh, I did a Christmas party years ago for a construction company in Cincinnati. And it was at the baseball stadium. Like mm-hmm. they got a restaurant at uh great American ballpark but it's like, you know, December or whatever when, and it's this construction company and it's like the third generation of this construction company. So the old man, uh, the old man, uh, that just gravelly voiced, grab your hands and just crushes it when mm. he meets you. you know? How are you doing?
0: God damn it. But, yeah, yeah.
1: His great, his father came over from Ireland and started this company, mm-hmm. you know? So the, I'm talking to some of the younger employees and they go, uh, Yeah, I can't believe they brought back a comedian after last year. (laughs) Uh, Was
0: was this before or after the show? This is before the show. Oh, yeah, which is going to help your confidence.
1: They said, yeah, last year they had a magician and they hated him. And that guy, like the guy, the old man that you just met, he literally threw the guy out. Like (laughs) They just had to like grabbing him by the scruff of his neck and just throwing him out the front door, right? So now I'm scared, you know? And I get on stage. And in my first four minutes, uh, this was uh, during the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. And I have a joke that said that I think they're going to bring back the draft, which is fine for me because I'm too old. I'd never get drafted. And something about these young punks would have to go good for them. The Mm -hmm. army will make you pull your pants up. Something like that was the
0: punchline. Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, well, that upset some woman front row stood up. And told me, I'm not going to sit here and have you disparage our troops.
0: You didn't say that.
1: Out yeah. And waiting for the old man to come up and grab.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Just bummed rush me. But it turns out uh, everybody hated that woman. And they were happy that I walked her.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. The, from the so first the rest, joke. yeah. The
1: rest of the show went surprisingly good. But yeah, that's one of those where you think it's about to go south. But it didn't go south at all.
0: Yeah, and I can't imagine throwing a magician out, because a comic, you just grab the guy and kick him out, but then you got to, like, go get the bunny and the dove and the scarves. Right. And And then he throws
1: the smoke into the ground, and then he's just gone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually, uh, this past uh, New Year's Eve, I did a wedding uh, for the first, not, I didn't know anybody in this wedding. Right. And, nobody knew they were stand up except for the bride and groom and i did it and (laughs) i i told you know i told the audience i said if this doesn't go well then that's they're probably when they if they break up they're gonna be like this all started when we got that comedian you know but it was like guerrilla comedy and it it surprisingly went well but it was i've done that surprise comedy 20 minutes
1: okay yeah yeah, twenty minutes you can fit. You can do anything in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make that work.
0: Because they were like, you know, what? What are you thinking? I'm like, look, the le- you know, I don't want to overstay my welcome. And again, people are seeing their relatives that they haven't seen. Everybody's trying to socialize, yeah. and I was like, yeah, they hired me. They want right. this to happen, <laughs> you know. So it, surprisingly, it went well. But it was like, I don't know how this is gonna go, you know. And but- then you-
1: you went and you grabbed the bouquet when she threw it. You were just like a, the worst possible wedding guest. <laughs> um, I was working the the uh, Funny Bone in Columbus uh, many years ago, opening for Kathleen Madigan. Yeah, and uh, the guy that runs it uh, he says, uh, "So I got I got a midnight gig if you want it." I'm like, "Yeah," and at the time, and this was another seventy five dollar gig actually,
0: seventy
1: okay. five, 75- and it was doing a strip club was doing a midnight show at a strip club uh in columbus and so we go to the strip club and the strip club had a live band they had a live four-piece band uh <laughs> that played for the strippers like you know like jack ruby owned the place or something yeah and it was a bikini bar they couldn't get na- uh, naked and here's the way that they had publicized the show there had been a prize fight in town that night and they had put table tents at the prize fight to tell people to come to the strip club to see the comedy show. Mm-hmm. And that was literally the only advertisement that was done for it. So there was a crowd in the strip club, but none of them wanted stand-up comedy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so th- I brought an opener. <laughs> Cause they wanted, uh, they wanted 45. Yeah. And so uh, this guy was going to do 15 in front of me, the MC that week. So uh, whoever the owner goes up and introduces the show and then the band goes and sits down, the comic comes up and people are just
0: like, what? And the kid goes long. He goes long. And at, with ag, I'm sure it was agony for his set anyway.
1: Yeah. And it was I, like, like people, people are just like, what is going on? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so he gets to the end of his set. He says, all right, that's it for me. And the crowd's like, oh, okay, it goes, okay, I'm going to bring up your next act. And there was an audible, Oh, uh, yeah, it did not. And I'm supposed to do a half an hour. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I get on stage and it's just terrible. It's just terrible. But I'm doing my jokes and I'm because I'm not going short because I'm going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And here's how the owner took me off the stage. Like sometimes they send you a note or whatever. This guy just walked up to the stage and goes, "Augie, we got to get the dancers on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like it was right. a casino gig. We got to yeah. get him out on the floor.
1: You, you got to go. You got to you got to you got to yeah.
0: Dude, like I I've done like burlesque shows and and you know, it's hard to compete with boobs. Like yeah. It's just nothing is going to be better than nudity. Like and what what are we here way, for?
1: That's the way stand up used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. strip clubs would always have a comedian. They would have a guy like all the old guys, they all work strip clubs. Uh mm-hmm. Jay Leno used to go into strip clubs and he would give the um he would give the bartender twenty-five bucks and he said, I'm gonna go up there and do up comedy, and if you like it, you give me fifty bucks. If you don't like it, you keep the twenty-five bucks. And he used to I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the balls of doing something like that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and also Jay Leno, like I don't I, I've never like seen his stand up. Uh, a lot. I've seen a, a few jokes, but it's also, I'd imagine, you got to compete with uh, warrant cherry pie and boobs <laughs> and the yeah. TVs. And it's yeah. just, he doesn't seem like a guy that will command the strip club stage.
1: Well, you're you're thinking of of old beaten down corporate Leno, man. That's true. Yeah, maybe long haired hippie mm-hmm. Leno with his yeah. with his vest. With his ruffled vest that he would wear on stage mm-hmm. under a long sleeve denim shirt, yeah, think about yeah. that Leno for a little while, man.
0: Well, and that like Leno was a guy that is one of the reasons why I do stand up because I would watch the Tonight Show and watch the monologues, and that's not even the heyday of Leno, you know? Right,
1: right. No, yeah. I yeah, I was the same way. I had a little TV when I was a kid in my room, and I would stay up and I'd watch uh, I'd watch Tonight Show and uh, Letterman. And I'd only watch it for the stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that there was any that there were bad stand-up comedy. I didn't I didn't know it existed because I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed mm-hmm. everything that I saw. And it's funny because there's these old guys where I remember their set. Uh I know uh Blake Clark's son uh mm-hmm. were friends, and I remember Blake Clark's first ever um, tonight show set. I remember watching it and I, and and sometimes you like watch something and right away, you memorize it. And I, and I still, you know, whatever, 40 years later, I could tell you that set front to back.
0: Yeah. Though, though, it's just like it, it's a, when you look back, it's like a, a tent, tent pole moment in your life, I guess, where it's like, this is where it changed. You yeah. Know. Yeah. This
1: is it for me. Exactly. man. Uh,
0: let, let's stick to our format a little bit, shall we? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah enough about stand-up everybody no we'll
0: we'll come back to it Uh, (laughs) but uh here's another confession when we were dating my now husband got a kitten he went on a work trip one weekend and asked me to watch it i I i'm gonna assume this is gonna end badly augie it's
1: gonna end badly for the kitten
0: the cat escaped into the garden on accident and i lost him so i replaced the kitten with an identical black cat in desperation it's been seven years he doesn't know
1: There's no way. There's no way this is a true story. I love it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love
1: it. And I hope that it's true. And I'm glad you're getting it out. Whoever this (laughs) is, I'm glad you're getting it out, but never tell him.
0: No. And that's like a that's a goldfish move. That's what you do with your kids. It died. I got to go get a new one. But I have a black cat and. I've see I've posted my cat on Twitter and people will be like, "Here's my black cat," and I'll show my wife and she'll be like, "That's our cat, right?" I'm like, "No, it's a different cat." But like that with black cats, you can do that where it's like, "Yeah, hey, they they all kind of look the same." But that's a wonder. Wouldn't it be a bitch if that other cat showed back up, like the lost oh cat showed up?
1: Yeah, and it's like one of those TV movies where they got switched at birth at the hospital, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to switch them back at that point. Maybe that that cat went on to live with like some wealthy family, right? Like, a, maybe it's like the Queen. If this is an England one, maybe the <laughs> yeah. Queen adopted that cat and is right now living at Buckingham Palace. And then runs into the other cat, and they switch back. Come yeah, on, the, now
0: the Prince and the Pauper. What is that story? Yeah, yeah. this maybe. is a pattern. Yeah. They end up doing uh, we, that that Marx Brothers mirror bit <laughs> we uh
1: I I I I live my whole life without having a pet when I was a little mm-hmm. kid
0: I had a dog for a little
1: while but um so now that we got kids we adopted a cat last year uh and I first of all it's no question on who rescued who who we mm-hmm. rescued that cat there's <laughs> no, nobody's gonna say that that cat ever rescued us we rescued the cat first of all uh but it was just it was only a street cat it had mm-hmm. never had a home. And the cat is it's it's a lunatic. The cat is crazy. The cat attacks people all the time and stuff. Yeah. And we're gonna hold on to it because it's our cat. He's one of us now. But yeah, a complete psychopath. That's what they don't tell you, is like you can clean up the homeless guy and bring him home, but he's still, you know, he's still got problems. He's still got the PTSD and yeah. whatever that cat has, it that took from the streets, it still has that thing.
0: But but I, I as a cat owner for a little while with two cats, sometimes they just do weird shit because you'd never had a cat before, right? No, because <clears throat> no. if they attack not- people, that sounds on par with just being a cat, you know. But but it
1: attacks, and it's like mm-hmm. like the kids they get scrapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very aggressive cat. So we've been thinking about getting another cat to mellow that cat out. But we're not going to get a homeless cat this time. I, I'm going to a breeder. And I'm getting some specialized cat, some some lap cat.
0: Or you get like a cat that is is willing and able to whoop the other cat's ass, right? Like an enforcer, a goon. <laughs> get
1: yourself a goon cat.
0: I got cat. a heavy. It's this cat. Um, let, let's do another confession. It's my third day at a new in a new job, and I've been sent to a conference in London to quote network. Uh, Top tip for employers. Don't send an unaccompanied introvert to meet random people as they'll just sit in the park all day instead. This guy could be a comedian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could have a career in stand-up. No, we were just talking about this. Yeah. There's some people that are not up to that gig that Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with people. Are you good with people? No, I'm not good with people. Some people are. And good for them. And I ho- and I hope that if you are good with people, you can carve out a whole life just doing that. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us find you odd, and we're constantly worried that you don't want to be talking to us, but we're just talking to you. Like I'm on a phone, and everybody thinks that I, I'm 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 a jerk on the phone because I'm just trying to get off the phone because I think, well, this person's probably tired of me. They're yeah. probably tired hearing me talk at this
0: point we're assuming they feel like we're feeling and they want to get yeah. out of here
1: yeah they, they must be as uncomfortable as me
0: have you met somebody in and comedy or just in life in general that you because it's something like about a politician who can just work a room and right. it doesn't even have to be a politician but just a big personality like i, I i've never met the rock but i just assume that the rock has it all. He could just right. talk to anybody and take over the room.
1: Well, there's a couple comics that are that way. Have you ever had the pleasure of Ron white?
0: No, no. I've, I've been in, I've been at the same show as him, but I've never talked to yeah. that guy personally.
1: He's exactly what you think he's going to be. He's just, mm-hmm. he's like walks into a bar. And it's like, Hey, everybody, <laughs> like John yeah. Candy, who drinks doing this thing kind of thing. Yeah. And, there's a couple of guys like that. And when you watch it, it's magical and it brings people together and mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing. And uh, yeah, in, in the course of my life, I've known people like that. And I like hanging around them, mm-hmm. especially when you're single. If you know that guy, that's like, uh, uh, there's this guy, uh, Dave Fulton, uh, up, And, uh, he used to work with Hedberg back in the day quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hedberg had this line about him. He goes, uh. He goes, uh, Dave's good with girls. He, uh, talks to them. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. That's a big it's, part. Of it. It's a very big part of it.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, willing to look up from the floor. Right. If you're Mitch Hedberg, did you ever work with Mitch Hedberg?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't call us great friends, but we were friendly enough to go have lunch and stuff. Um, yeah, I just, uh yeah i i feel the same way that everybody does that he is a a genius on earth um i did the seattle contest with him in like 97 Mm -hmm. and i remember the first night of the semifinals i had never seen him before i had never seen zach before and the first night of the semifinals they were in like 10 minutes and i just i knew that i had no chance against this guy he was obviously gonna win every night when you do these contests, you're in a different venue. Mm -hmm. When you do the Seattle contest, it's like you do five nights in a row and one night might be a casino. And the next night might be an old folks home. And the next night might be a packed theater. It's like anything, right? Every night, Mitch went up and his first minute was just in the moment Mm -hmm. was just something around him that had just happened, whether it be the venue or one of the earlier comedians every night. That was his first minute before he tried any material and it would crush every night. And he just, he was just so good at standup comedy.
0: And I, he's one of my, my, my earliest influences. And I feel like, cause I've seen the, the one of the most imitated styles and essences is Mitch Hedberg. You know, you go to enough open mics, you will see even today a Mitch Hedberg type comic. Yeah. And I've seen those guys crush. And I've also seen those guys bomb. It's usually never like a middle of the road set. It's always they kill or it's like, when is this over? You know what I'm saying? Because that style, it's that one liner low key style where they almost don't have another gear to switch to. You know what I'm saying? Well, and then the other thing about it is it wasn't just uh, Mitch's material,
1: which was mm-hmm. genius. It was everything about him. It was it, the, the, essence, way, the, and, yeah. and the way that he looked, the way that he held mm-hmm. his uh, head off to the side, the way that he would punch a word in the middle of a sentence that you normally wouldn't punch. Mm-hmm. You know, Pringles original uh, it was to make tennis balls.
0: Like yeah, he it's it's that the jazz t- style of speaking. Yeah,
1: exactly exactly and yeah and he'll hit the last word or i'll hit a word in the middle and so you can't just go up there and say one-liners without also saying it in an interesting fashion
0: Hmm. yeah it's yeah. it's that that other it's there's another gear to it but it's it's very subtle it's it's again it's that mitch hedberg type uh saying is or whatever that you yeah. know that that weird thing who's the, who's the best comic you've ever worked with um
1: (laughs) uh this is a very complicated answer uh so i say it and then i'm just gonna leave it there okay and knowing that i'm never gonna work with him again but louis ck is the best comedian that i've ever worked with
0: yeah and and uh, like it's that thing of where you separate the art from the artist, and we can go into it or not go into it. But he jerked off in front of people against their will. But it's, but it's also not it's just like,
1: people are people. The, the yeah. people that we're supposed to be protecting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it, it, it's and it's like I was. I've never been a huge Louis fan, and I, I would say that before the jerk. <laughs> but but yeah. it's also, uh, you you can't knock the guy having a new hour every year. You just might- can't because it's even if it's not for you. It's real hard to put together an hour of material, you know. I just
1: I think that uh we are in a, a real comedy golden age. I mean everybody always wants to talk about Pryor and Carlin and mm-hmm. you know the, the those that came before us. Uh but in that era there were a couple good guys and then there was a thousand miles of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And there are so many Phenomenal stand-up comedians right now. I think Maria Bamford is one of the best comedians of all time. Uh-huh. I think Elle is one of the best comedians of all time. I mean, I would put there's five people that I would put as the best, and CK is one of them. They're mm-hmm. just they're they're some of the best there's ever been, and we're we're all experiencing that right now. That's all happening right now,
0: and it's it's never been easier to get access to them, their material. Right. Uh, It's like a. now it's almost I would I've said it about everything, but there's never been more of everything. And it's never meant uh, less. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like we we can you you watch a whole show. You watched it in a day and you're like on to the next thing. But it took them a year to make that shit, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's that's the other thing is like we as stand ups. We're standing up there and we're just talking and we got a microphone and maybe it's interesting and maybe we're good looking and maybe people, you know, you can do whatever. But uh, then there's a movie that costs three hundred million dollars to make that you can also watch for free Mm -hmm. right now on that same TV. Yeah. But that's what we're competing with.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: like the, the family goes to bed and I, you know, I still got my old stand-up night owl stuff and i think uh what can i watch i have anything that's ever been produced basically uh, at at, and i never know and so i end up watching con air for the 300th time
0: dude i have my go-to movies where it's i've seen this a thousand times but it's also i know what's going to happen and there's so many options that i almost need you to give me three and i'll go from i'll pick from the three you know
1: yeah exactly yeah like the old days the old days when I would turn my TV channel like with that with the knob yeah with your wrist things, three things three things I could watch
0: yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah another confession I found a co uh, working office space uh close to to Euston station that I use every time I am in London I never once paid for it so this person just found an office went in and never never actually paid for the space
1: Okay. And now this is one of those WeWork deals where you just go in, or is it just an office?
0: I, I, I assume, that yeah.
1: That somebody rented an office, like paid for a 10 year lease and then died or moved or whatever. So there's just this empty office sitting there and then they're doing something with it. I dig that. Mm-hmm. That almost sounds like one of those scams in one of those uh, Sting movies where they always have the office set up where it's a uh, all these people running around and they're looking at ticker tapes and things coming in and mm-hmm. you're, you're showing them this is how this is how we know the stock market is going to change 4 seconds in advance with all these machines and then they come back a day later and it's all cleared out i'm thinking that's one of those offices it was used in a long con and mm-hmm. now it just sits empty and this person's putting it to work yeah, that's was, what
0: i like you showed up the next day and literally there were no office chairs no cubicles nope. Nothing. just gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And there's always a, a couple pieces of paper left over on the floor. Yeah.
0: Did you ever have you ever have a scam that you uh you tried to run or something like that where you you could go to the like this person went to this office thing and and never said anything. Did you ever have anything like that in your life?
1: Oh man. That's a really good question. Um it's it's very low level mm-hmm. but I've never bought a phone charger in my life, although I've lost many. Let me I've guess. Gone to- can I guess? Yes.
0: You, you go to the hotel front desk and you asked, uh, can I, uh, it's white. It's a white phone charger. Yeah. It's for I, Apple.
1: Yeah. It's a box. Can I just look? I'll know it when I see it. <laughs>
0: sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, there's no reason to buy a phone charger. Every hotel in the world has a box full of them behind mm-hmm. the front desk
0: man early on in my comedy career i forgot two or three or four phone chargers and that's back when i didn't have any money i have slightly more now augie but it was like it would crush me financially to have to spend 30 dollars on a phone charger and i wish i knew that back in the day that hustle but now i've gotten wise to it
1: oh buddy uh you gotta understand so Uh, I started on the road in 92. I did stand Mm -hmm. up for like, you know, a couple of years. And then uh, I was just on the road solid from 92. And up until uh, 2001, I never paid more than $700 for a car. And so I'd buy a car and I'd drive it till it blew up. Mm -hmm. And then I'd grab my stuff and I'd put out my thumb (laughs) and somebody'd take me in the next gig. Uh, I've, I've, uh, abandoned something like seven or eight cars, uh, in this, in this country,
0: which you said that on your album, you would buy, you said 200, dollars or whatever it was, Oh, is it two hundred? Yeah. whatever you said. Yeah. And it, 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 it doesn't matter, but it's a very low amount of money, but it's, it, yeah. it's you, you're not bullshitting.
1: No, I, I, 700 was the most I spent. And I drove that thing for 70,000 miles. I was That's really proud a lot. of that. Yeah. Until, I spent 700 on it. Uh, it was a Chevrolet Cavalier. I drove it uh, for forever for, yeah. For, well, at that point, that was two years to me. It was 70,000 miles. And then a guy hit me and they gave me 1100 bucks for it.
0: You made money.
1: I yeah. made money on the deal.
0: I had Day that where I, I got uh, hail damage and they air quotes totaled my car.
1: Right.
0: <clears throat> and uh, I think it was, they gave me a check for $1,500. And I think I got that hail damage on a gig. So technically it was like the most money I'd ever made in comedy was that <laughs> hail damage. And I, then I didn't get the car fixed. I was like, who's looking at the roof anyway. It's it's yeah. Yeah.
1: What do you care? Do you care? I, I got a big dent in the side of my Kia that I drive around with. You know why? Cause they steal Kia's not mine, man. Mine's <laughs> like, nobody wants that thing. <laughs> um,
0: as, as we're wrapping up here, Augie, do you have any more road hacks? Cause you, you were like, you know, you don't, you didn't spend a lot on a car. You, 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 you get the phone chargers at the front desk, you put some miles in on the road. So anything you've learned from being a, a, a full-time traveler for the, that many years.
1: Okay. Uh, if you're really going budget here,
0: if you're really going budget,
1: uh, the worst, even the worst hotel room in the world, uh, they had. They used to have coffee makers. Now the good ones have Keurigs, mm-hmm. but the old, the, but the old ones still have the old school coffee maker. You turn that thing on. You got a beautiful burner there that you can make a wonderful hamburger on. You can go down and buy, you know, whatever bit of a ground beef. Bam, bam. You're, you're cooking right there. You have a burner in your room, people. And if you really want to, if you really, really want to get into it. Uh, you take your garbage can, right. And you put some hangers over your garbage can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, how did, how did guys do this? People somehow used to use their coffee maker and their garbage can to
0: cook cheese sandwiches.
1: And I, but right now I'm losing it. I forget the specific. <laughs>
0: That's like a yeah. weird Rube Goldberg machine type thing. And, Cooking, cooking around the trash can did you so you made the coffee pot hamburger you did you do that
1: no I I worked with guys that did
0: yeah uh, I don't I could, know that I could do that man like, like
1: dude, because at that point uh McDonald's you could get you know a dollar cents yeah so yeah I'll just I'll go do that
0: <laughs> I I will take the bag from the ice thing the little ice bucket rarely do I even turn the TV on in a hotel room anymore with you know, iPads and stuff like that. But sure. I take that bag and I put it over the remote because if anybody's touching anything in the remote in the hotel, it's that remote and you don't know you're, if one, of, it.
1: you're one of those Howard Hughes germaphobes, man. When That's, they that first special where they did the black light and that didn't bother me a bit. Keep all them them old comforters on. I don't care. It doesn't uh, matter.
0: Nope. I and I know it's we're staying in a in a public place essentially and you pay a little more you get air quotes nicer but uh yeah I just don't cuz I'm touching my face with my hand sure. and stuff you know and uh but yeah I I know guys that will like they'll take the towels and they won't even touch the floor they walk on the towel <laughs> thing you know like I'm like that's that's a bit much you know um, yeah our,
1: our business is filled with uh filled with a lot of germaphobes a lot of ocd people
0: yeah yeah a lot of hand sanitizer which i will i use hand sanitizer too but it's like sometimes you just be around a guy for 10 minutes and he used it th- used it three times and you're like right. this is a lot you know um but when, as we wrap up here augie you you've got the album you've got the dry bar comedy special anything else you'd like to plug before we get out of here uh-
1: yeah, the, uh, I don't know when this comes out, but uh, the open bar should be uh, should be out now.
0: If you just Google open bar
1: comedy, uh, you can go find that. Uh, all different material than the dry bar thing, and then the uh, album is Taste the Lightning, available on Apple and Amazon wherever mm-hmm. you get your comedy CDs. Yeah, uh, we and- never, number one because uh, Chris Porter released his CD on the same day, mm-hmm. so. I got real close to number one, but I never, I never hit number one. You know, <laughs> and, you what? know what? I'm just you texting
0: what? Chris Porter now. I need him on the show. Forget, <laughs> forget this, Augie. I, I need Chris well, Porter. <laughs> for a
1: while, i have getting beat by a 25-year-old Brian Regan CD, and you're like, Dude, why yeah. is that the top-selling CD right now today? And because they update it like every hour, mm-hmm. so it, it, and you're like, he must have been on something <laughs>
0: people saw. Him. It's it's the yeah it's the what Brian Regan live that one which is a great yeah. album but it's, it's also it's been out for <laughs> but you should have years. had it by now. you
1: should have had it by now
0: well and even Gaffigan has eleven of the top ten albums
1: yeah
0: because <laughs> he's had so many albums and it's you just look at, it's going to be Jim Gaffigan it's going to be Bo Burnham recently with the that inside right. special and then so there's going to be
1: a YouTube guy you've never heard of mm-hmm. and you're like how am I in this business for 30 years? And I don't know who has the top selling CD right now. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Person.
0: The, it's the, it's your, it's not only your job, but it's been your passion your whole life. And you're like, yeah. I never even heard of this person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm on shows in LA all the time where I I don't know anybody. And mm-hmm. I, it's, you, you feel it slipping away, but here's the thing, Brent. Uh, I think about it. If in 1990, when I started doing open mics, if I had met somebody that started in 1957, mm-hmm. I would have thought that was the oldest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. That would that would be the oldest human being walking the face of the earth. And so that's what they must think of me. That's what the kids must think of me. I feel old, my, some of them okay. call me sir. They call me sir. Yeah. Which I guess I'm okay with. I I'm I'm to the sir point.
0: It's a respect thing. Now, do you uh, i've had in my comedy career like one of my best friends is 20 years older than me have right. you had that thing where you're you know either the person's way older or way younger and there's no reason we should be friends but it's right. it's that comedy thing have you had that
1: yeah this job brings uh brings people together i i mean i have a lot of friends that are a lot younger than me and it, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of um, you know, weird stuff between us until they bring up something that I've never heard of. There's a mm-hmm. whole, you know, there's a whole new group of like TV shows and stuff that I just wasn't, I wasn't the right age for. Yeah. yeah.
0: But also, like it's like I said, there's never been more that's meant less. So yeah. we could all have a show then and people be like, I don't even know what app that's on. You know, last
1: year there was a Saturday Night Live where I hadn't heard of either the guest host or the musical
0: host. <laughs> mm. but, well, it's I'm like, the same way. And I'm, I'm younger than you. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like now with new music and I'm like, dude, I don't even know. I talked to my wife and we're like, I don't know, man, I don't know this person. And I guess well, that's where you start to get old where I, I don't know if, what, what old is. It's a state of mind, but I'm like, I'm done trying <laughs> with certain things anymore, you know?
1: I, this state of mind thing now, it's still, I'm still old. I'm still old. Mm-hmm. I, I have an AARP card. Yeah, I'm an old man. It's okay. That's- I'm okay. I lived a nice, and now I just want to give my knowledge and my wisdom away, man. That's all it is. That's all it is. I walk around with all this knowledge. I watch these kids. They MC shows. They drive me crazy. If you're giving an intro, don't have the crowd start clapping before you give the intro because it's confusing mm-hmm. give the intro say their name last yeah and then let them applaud don't say the name then give the intro it's confusing mm-hmm. they don't know where to applaud and if you're an, emceeing a show after you're done doing your set before you bring on the first act tell them that you're done and take your applause so that they can enjoy and tell you that they enjoy you. And then there's an obvious switch off to the next person. It Mm -hmm. drives me crazy. But here's the thing. I didn't know that. I wasn't born with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. I had to have some other guy rant at me like I do to them. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they're listening. I don't know.
0: You know, you can only help somebody so much because then they got to absorb the knowledge too. But if they want to learn and they want to be in the business... That's what you got to do. And some people I I ran open mic for eight years and I only I've seen so many people only get worse at comedy. Yeah. From like, how are you still around and worse? <laughs> like, that's not how things are. How are to work. still doing that joke eight
1: years later that doesn't get a laugh? And yeah. it still doesn't get a laugh.
0: I don't know. You can't help people, but I mean, if that's your hobby and that's what you like to do and it's not hurting anybody by all means, go do that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thank you for being on and confessing your sins.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on buddy. I feel like we didn't get to enough confessions Uh, to all the people confessing. I just want you to know it's fine. You've done nothing wrong to that woman lying to your husband about the cat. That's the way to do it. That's what you should have done. Mm-hmm. If he, he might have left you, you might have bro- broken up your relationship if you hadn't found that new cat. It, it's know, like, it it's would, like yeah. they replaced Paul McCartney when he died, mm-hmm. and they replaced him with Billy Shears in 1967.
0: Yeah, it's, it's exactly- a, which we talked about on the music conspiracy <laughs> theories episode of this podcast. You weren't on it, but we talked about that, Augie. That's true. isn't now- it
1: amazing? they picked a guy that would go on to become one of the most successful musicians ever that they happened to pick a guy that would still be making music 50 years after that. Isn't that amazing that they picked that?
0: That he just wasn't around for maybe one or two records that you never heard of the guy ever again. But uh, yeah,
1: no, that he actually turned out to be, a musical genius and started different bands and made different music. Yeah, just amazing that they picked that guy out of a yeah. lineup of people that won a lookalike contest. Unbelievable.
0: I've I've always said that Ringo was the one that died. That, I'm sticking by it. But Augie the wrong died. <laughs> I'll st- I'll stand by it. But Augie Smith, thank you for being on the show, man. It's good to talk to you.
1: Thanks, buddy. Good to see you again. And thanks again for that airport pickup. Hey, you're,
0: you're welcome, man. I probably had a bottle of water for you. It was great.